Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. One of the hardest parts about getting a new job is the rejection that is a part of the process. Rejection from interviews, rejection from jobs themselves, not hearing anything back. All of those things can be incredibly difficult to process and to work through. And I know last week we talked about using the job search as a spiritual journey. And if you haven't checked out that episode yet, please go do so. It's going to expand on new ways to use the job search for you. So I highly recommend you check that episode out. In today's episode, we are going to be specifically focused on rejection. And there are five overarching reasons we get rejected from a job. And so I am going to share these five reasons with you. I'm going to share some of the details and nuances of how this can look within each one. And by knowing these reasons, I think you'll find a little bit of freedom in the fact that it's not necessarily that you have done anything wrong. And if it is that there are things you could have tweaked, knowing these reasons will help you know how to tweak your approach in order to be more likely to get what you're wanting in your job search to get the job you're after. So that is what we're covering in today's episode. And before we do that, I want to share a work win with you. I am so thrilled for my client. He just received multiple offers from tech companies, two different tech companies, large companies that are household names, amazing offers. And he has accepted one of them, the written offer, and he will be starting his new job in two weeks. I am so excited for him. And when I asked him what he saw as the reason or what allowed this to happen, What he shared with me was that the mindset work was the last block. He'd been focused on strategy and he'd been focused on the way to strategically think about things, but he hadn't been working on the mindset. And what that led to was he kept getting interviews and not landing the jobs and he didn't know why. But through working together, we focused on the mindset side of it. And we helped him to see some of the energetic blocks that he'd been bringing and how to use his own sense of confidence for him. And the truth is he was feeling quite nervous for most of his job interviews. And so instead of trying to get out of feeling nervous entirely, what we did was we found a way for him to use those nerves for him to change what the nerves represented. And what that did was it allowed the nerves to not be such a big deal, which ironically made him less nervous. And so in the end, it did help him reduce his nerves, but not from that as our main focus. And this allowed him to be free to 
be himself in those interviews to really show up. And then when the technical side of the interviews came where he had to be tested through uh, some of the different skill sets that he needed to do on the job, he now knew how to handle those situations because he had the mindset shifts that would allow him to think clearly, to vocalize his problem-solving skills and how he was approaching it, and then to actually go ahead and do that in the interviews and get two offers, not just one for an amazing company, but two offers at incredible companies so that he had some negotiation power then to be able to have these competing offers to choose between. So for anyone listening to this, this is evidence that the mindset side matters. When I say mindset, I'm really talking about energy. I'm talking about how our energy allows us to come to new ideas or blocks us from them, how our energy allows us to be connected to our confidence and share it with the world or stops us from feeling that way and keeps us trapped within our own head and stops us from vocalizing well. But when you know how to master those pieces and then you combine that with strategy for ways to structure your responses and to leverage storytelling and to be a real human and connect to your interviewers from this place of genuine self-confidence and seeing your value, that's when you get these competing offers. That's when you get the job you want. And that's when you get to create the life you're after. So if you're listening to this and you want this, let this be an example that it is possible. He did it for himself. You can do this for you too. So congratulations to this client. And now a part of his journey was getting rejected. There were many different times in which we experience rejection throughout our job search journeys. And this is not a unique occurrence. It is often a part of the process. But when we start to make it about ourselves or that something's wrong with us, or we use it to mean there's no point or no hope, that's when it becomes devastating. That's when rejection stops us from creating the dream we want. It's not that the job itself that we got rejected from did it. It's that we reject ourselves because we stop giving ourselves the chance to create what we want because we don't see the possibility anymore. And so in today's episode, we will share with you, we, me, I'll share with you five different reasons we get rejected. And in knowing these reasons, you will understand what tends to be going on in the hiring manager's brains or in your own brain, or just in general from an organizational context. And this will help free you from rejecting yourself from stopping your own own motivation and will allow you to use these rejections to help you understand what to do next, what changes to make, and how to continue to build your resilience as you move forward. Okay, so the five reasons. One of these reasons is about fit. And then two of these reasons are really things that you can't control. It's about them the people interviewing you or the company at large. And then two of these reasons are about you, things you can do or notice and make tweaks to in order to show up differently and more impactfully in future interviews. And so I'm going to share all five of these reasons, and this will help you to know how to continue forward, even when you face rejection and almost especially when you face rejection, to use that in a way as your tool to guide and ground you so you get the job you want. Okay, so reason number one, and I'm going to start with reasons they reject you. And these are reasons 
you really can't control. And so I'm sharing these reasons with you so that you can understand sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it's them. And there's nothing you can do, and you just got to move on from that. So what are those reasons? So the first reason, number one, they changed their mind. So what this means is the hiring managers or the team or the company at large, they revise the position or they eliminate the position. They somehow change the structure of their team and they decide, you know what? This position, it no longer needs to be filled. And I saw some recent research that shared 10% of job postings that were posted were never fulfilled. 10%. So one out of every 10 jobs doesn't even get fulfilled. And what that shows you is it might not be that you did something wrong or you were the wrong, approaching it in the wrong way or didn't convey your value. It truly might just mean something changed. They changed their minds. They decided to pull the position. They decided they didn't have the resources for it anymore. They decided it was no longer urgent. They decided to focus somewhere else. Something came up and they revise or eliminate the position. Another example of how they might change their mind, something in the economy might shift or someone in that company might leave or take a promotion and now there's a different gap within that team that they want to fill first. And so they change their mind about the role and it doesn't matter how great you are on paper or how good of a match you are. If the role isn't there to be filled, there's nothing that you can do. Another thing that can happen with this idea of they changed their mind. And what this is, is there are things that I think of as phantom jobs. And and what I mean by this is certain industries require that companies post jobs publicly or externally, that they can't only post for their internal team, that they have to also post externally. And so what does this mean? Well, there'll be jobs posted out there that look like they're real jobs. And the truth of it is they've already filled the position internally. It's not actually even open. They already have an internal person that they're going to select, that they've decided that they've basically told is getting the job, but the system requires they post it externally. So here you are responding to this application for this job that looks like it exists, and yet it's a phantom job. It's not really there. It's not really available. And I know that can be frustrating. And you can't really tell when you apply which jobs are those or not. So instead of focusing on that and letting that frustrate you, use it as the chance to say, okay, if they maybe changed their mind, this job might not have been an opportunity. Don't automatically assume you not hearing back means you've done something wrong. Okay, so that's the first thing. They changed their mind. The second reason for rejection, they don't see your value. This is reason number two. And yeah, there are things you can do to maybe help them see it, and we'll talk there soon. But for the sake of this, what we're saying is they misinterpret what you say. They see something in your resume, and they make it mean something different. And yeah, you can tweak your resume all day long, and you can make it beautiful and something that a bunch of people would see value in. And yet, if that specific hiring manager just doesn't see it, you can't do anything about it. That saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. That's the same is true in these situations. You can't make somebody see your value. All you can do 
is position it in a way that can be easier maybe for people to take in, but you still can't make them take it in. And so it might just be that they don't see it. They don't see you. Or perhaps they don't believe you're truly interested in the job. They come up with some story about something you said and they say, oh, I don't think this person actually cared about the job. Or they see you are smiling in the interview and they think that you're being fake. Or they see you're not smiling in the interview and they think you don't care. They come up to some random interpretation based on their own stories and beliefs and they pin it and project it onto you and so they don't see your value. There's nothing you can do to make somebody see your value. You can't force it. We can do things to try to help influence an outcome, but we can't force it to actually come to be. And so this is why this is a reason you can't really control whether they see your value or not. It also might be that they see the value in somebody else more than you. And I've seen this in hiring teams before where you have one hiring manager who has an idea of what they want for the job. And then you have another hiring manager that has a different idea. And if they're in the decision-making process together, it's going to make it so one of them is using different grading criteria than another. A recent example of this is I was working with a client and they looked at the job posting. They felt like they were an incredible fit. And then they got on the phone with the recruiter and answered the questions and they still felt like an amazing fit. It felt good. So then they go to the first interview where the actual supervisor that they'd be working under was there. And the supervisor, she started asking my client all these questions about very specific softwares that my client hadn't worked with and had never been told anything about in the job description or from the recruiter. It was it was like this hidden criteria that my client didn't know they were looking for. But this supervisor was looking for it. The recruiter didn't realize it or call it out. The job description didn't say it. Nowhere was there indication of it. And yet this is the secret thing that the supervisor wanted. So in this case, the supervisor had a different idea of what they wanted than what was communicated in the job posting or to the recruiter. And so now my client goes to this interview and she's a mismatch. And so the supervisor and the recruiter and the job description are in congruence. They're not seen eye to eye with each other. So then you get brought in. And so you're not going to reflect what's wanted if they're not reflecting what they want accurately to you. And so that's another example of, of they don't see it because they didn't communicate it clearly to you because if they had, you maybe would have known whether it would have been a, a good fit or not. So those are the reasons we can get rejected that really don't have to do with us so much. They're more about the company and the team itself and what's going on there. But don't let this discourage you because there are things you can do. There are reasons we get rejected that are in our control. So I'm going to share what those are with you. And there's two specific ones I want to share and highlight. The first reason of these are you're lacking the skills. You're just, you just don't have the experience that they're wanting. 
you either are new to the workforce and so you don't have much experience or you're switching industries and so you don't have experience within the industry that they're looking for or they're looking for something really specific, some specific technology or certification that you don't have and they're just not willing to train you or for you to take the time to train yourself in order to do it. And so if this is what happens, if you're just lacking the work skills and they reject you because of it and they weren't willing to give you the opportunity to figure it out and they weren't seeing the value in you being able to teach yourself or being resilient and proactive and finding a way forward without the specific formal certification they were looking for, if they're not open to that and you don't have the experience, then honestly, it wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the the place for you to be. You don't want to set yourself up for failure in a job. And I'm not saying that you can't teach yourself skills. Of course you can. But in some cases, it's just not the place to go because you don't have the skills that they're wanting or the experiences that they believe that they need in order for the role to be filled. So that just means this isn't the job for you and we can move on. Now, if this does happen, what it might indicate for you is, okay, there's some formal training that I can do to get closer to the job I want. Maybe it means you sign up for a course. Maybe it means you start teaching yourself how to do something. You go on YouTube, you Google steps, and you start on your own teaching yourself those skills. Because sometimes the job we want, you might find as you're looking for that job over and over again, the job description is requiring specific skill sets or expertise in specific programs. This is on you then to decide, is it worth it to me to get those skills met? And if yes, how can I do that? Do I want to do something formal? Do I want to do a certification through uh, some company? Do I just want to teach myself and build my own portfolio to demonstrate I have taught myself effectively? Here are five example projects of how I've done that, that you can then show them. So in lieu of a formal degree or certification, you are building your portfolio, learning the actual skills they're wanting and showing them true evidence, true case studies, true projects that you've done that exhibit those skills for them. And so that is why this, when you don't have the the specific skills, why it's something in your control, because you can always help yourself build those skills. And maybe it means while you continue in the job search, you dedicate some time to building those skills. Maybe it means you look for an in-between job that is close to what you want, but not all the way there, that will allow you to build those skill sets in the meantime, so then your next step can be the job you want. There are always options, and there's always things you can do with that, but it requires you to let yourself see, hey, there's an actual skill gap here. Now... Don't let this be confused, though, with you not communicating your skills well. And this is the other reason we get rejected that we can control. And it's this idea that you aren't, you aren't really clear on how your skills and experiences translate to the job at hand. So just because you are in one industry... Like, for example, I was working with somebody the other day who's in customer service and wants to transition into uh, 
the tech industry. She was in a very different industry, more of a nonprofit route, and wanted to switch into tech. And she was telling me that she didn't have the skills. So this appears to be a skill issue. But as I was coaching her and asking her questions, she was sharing with me the different themes of how she's supported her clients in customer success in the nonprofit realm. And the more I talked with her, the more it was becoming apparent that she did have the skills. She just hadn't been communicating them in that way. She did have the skills. She didn't know how to market them. She didn't know how to position herself to clearly demonstrate it. And this is probably one of the main reasons I see people get rejected from jobs. They don't understand that interviewing in itself is a skill and creating resumes in itself is a skill. Having conversations with hiring managers in itself is a skill. Networking is a skill. And these are all about communication and marketing and positioning. And if you don't know how to market yourself well, then it's really hard for you to get a job that you want, that you might even be very qualified for and have the skills for. It's just you're not sure how to communicate it or you're not even fully seen it in yourself. So there's no way that a hiring manager it's probably going to see it either. If you don't see how your skills fit or you think your experience is too niche and doesn't apply, then there's no way that that hiring manager is going to see how it applies either. They want to believe that you can do the job, but if they see that you don't seem like you believe that you can do the job, why would they give you a chance if you're not even sure you'd give yourself one? So you have to help yourself know how to market yourself clearly. Another way I see this come out is people's nervousness and their prove-it energy. They come to these interviews not knowing how to communicate their skills, and that makes them nervous because they think there's, they believe they could probably do it, but they don't believe they'll build the case to be able to show that to the interviewers. So then they get really in their head and they get really nervous. So then they try to convince the interviewers that they're the person for the job. And that just makes them seem kind of desperate. And so then the interviewer gets skeptical and wonders, why is this person so desperate? Is there something I'm missing? Maybe they aren't as qualified. And then it makes the interviewer shut down and not really consider you because you're not considering you because you think you have to convince them of something because you're not convinced in yourself of your own ability to communicate your skills. This is why career coaches are so powerful. This is why I help my clients know how to position themselves, blend their character with their skills, and package it in a way that clearly articulates the value that they would bring to that company in a way that is genuine, in a way that feels good, in a way that is an integrity with who they really are. And so this is what I help my clients do. And when you can do this, you let go of some of the nerves because you're connected and tapped into your own confidence. And you come to the interview in a completely new perspective in which you can market your skills. And it helps you to better show up in those interviews. It lets your interviewers know what value you bring. And it, it's what gets you those multiple job offers or incredible promotions or funding for projects. These are all things that my clients have gotten. And it's because they've learned how to market their skills 
And what's allowed them to do that is believing in their skills and their ability to communicate and present them. And that comes from your energy as much as your strategy and structure. So that is what coaching can do for you. Okay. Now I want to share the last reason we get rejected. And this reason, it's not about them and it's not about you. It's about alignment. It's about fit overall. And this is just when the position itself is just not a good fit. It might be that the job, the team, or the organization are where the fit is a mismatch. And so if you get rejected, it's possible that the reason is the interviewers or the hiring managers saw you just wouldn't have fit in well on the team. And it's not that it means that something isn't right about how you work in a team. It might just be that they have a different type of culture. Maybe they have a very formal culture and you came into the interview and were a little more casual and you like to kind of have fun and play around a bit and you were still professional in the interview, but that side of you came out and they have a really formal cold, detached culture. They don't do things that way. Well, then it's definitely a good thing they rejected you because you would have been pretty miserable in that job because it wouldn't have been a good fit. A fit can also come to be in a salary perspective. Your needs, desires, and expectations for what you want to be paid isn't feasible for that company because of budgetary constraints or different reasons that that one person within the company might think, okay, we can do it. Another higher up might say, no, we don't have budget for that. And so for some reason, the salary expectations are out of alignment. And when that's the case, it's just not a fit. You're not the person for them. Another thing that I often see when it comes to fit is your qualifications. You can be over or under qualified. Now, I want to share with you. Sometimes people think the dilemma is they're underqualified when the truth is they just didn't know how to market their skills effectively and from a place of confidence. Or the company tells them they're overqualified and they don't understand why you'd apply for that job, but the truth is you maybe didn't communicate it in a way that demonstrated why you're so committed to that company and why it would actually be a good fit and why you're interested in the job, even with the level of skills that you have. And so don't let this idea of under or overqualified just be the blanket statement. We want to dive into that a little more and say, okay, is that the whole story here? Or were there things that could have been done different in how you position yourself that would have maybe allowed you to still get the position or it to be a good fit? Maybe that's an illusion. Sometimes hiring managers will use this idea of fit as this blanket statement for why you didn't get the job when the truth is there was another one of the reasons I've outlined here that's the true reason. So it is sometimes about fit. And you'll want to check in with yourself to see, does that feel true to me? Does it seem like I communicated myself clearly? Did it seem like they understood what I brought? Did it seem like they truly had an open position for me? Did it seem like this uh, position, I had the skills to be able to do? So ask yourself those other questions. And if the answer to all of those is that those don't seem like the reason, then I would say, 
think of it as about fit, but make that kind of the last reason you assume. They might think that's the reason, but if that's the case, it might be that they didn't see your value or that you didn't communicate it from a place that helped them to understand. So those are the five reasons we tend to get rejected. Just to recap, reason number one, they change their mind. Reason number two, they don't see it. They don't see the fit there or your value. Number three, you're lacking the work experience, certifications, specific technical aspects that they're after, those skills. Number four, your skills weren't communicated well by you. You didn't present your case. You didn't market or position yourself in a way that allowed them to see why you could be the right person for the role. And then number five, it's just not a good fit for either of you. The match is not there. It's out of alignment. It's like when you go on a date, you're a great person, they're a great person, but together it just doesn't work. Those are the five reasons we get rejected. I want you to take a moment now and think about a time when you were rejected. Think about what maybe you made that mean. And now I want you to think about which of these five reasons that that might have actually fit under. Because sometimes we tell ourselves story like stories like, we're not enough. We can't do this. We don't have the skills. We're not capable. They are rude. They are closed-minded. They don't get us. We, we make up all these reasons. And so what I want you to do is notice the reasons your brain is telling you. And now take a pause and take a deep exhale. And really check in with yourself. Check in and say, does that feel true? Not from the egoic place, but from this soul-connected aspect. Does that really feel like the reason here? Which of these five truly represents what I believe is why I didn't get the job? And the truth is, we can't actually know some of these, like the first one, we can't really know if it's that they pulled the position away or that it was a phantom job or that it was just a position they decided to never fulfill. But you can get a hunch that it, that it didn't seem like there truly was an opening. Or if you see the posting is still there, or if you see that the posting is, is gone, but you look on LinkedIn or on the company structure and nobody seems to have that title, that kind of tells you that. But I want you to use these reasons not to create excuses for yourself, but to allow yourself to consider that sometimes we don't get the job and we've done everything the right way. The, the, you know, we've, we've done our piece beautifully, and yet we don't get the job. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be discouraging. It can actually be relieving because it means it's not about you. Sometimes it's about them. There are things you can do to shift, to help yourself forward. And the very first step, though, to know what to do is to help yourself identify which of these reasons is why you didn't get the job. Because that can help give you a sense of clarity and a sense of understanding for how to move forward and what to do. And we don't have time to go into all the nuances of Okay, if it's option, if it's reason one, do this. If it's reason two, do this. But, but there are specific steps and things you can do and take. And this is where coaching can be powerful is because we first help you identify what happened, what was the reason. To the best of our ability, we will help you figure that out. Together, we will come to that conclusion. And then from there, we'll say, okay, what do you want to do about it? 
How do you want to use this? What ways can this be motivating for you? What ways can you use this to help you continue forward in the job search? What can you do with this rejection to build your resilience and to be stronger for it? That is why coaching is so powerful. And whether you do this through coaching yourself or you choose to work with a coach, these skills and understanding these reasons can free you from the turmoil that rejection can create and help you create more resilience. So you can move forward. You can persevere. You can be you. You can make change. You can grow from the experience and you can get the job you want. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with salt.